Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's can I... awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org app. It's Monday, September 19th, and this is Locked on Falcons, Episode 20. You are Locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Falcons, your daily Monday through Friday Atlanta Falcons podcast. My name is Knox Bardeen. I'm your host here, and I'm here with the happy show with a bunch of good news because that Falcons team that we saw on the field Yesterday out in Oakland, man, that was a much improved team, at least on the offensive side of the football. And and I'm going to tell you right up front, I am going to focus on the offense pretty much 98, 99% of the time in this podcast right here. I think what Matt Ryan did, what Kyle Shanahan did, what that offensive line did, the running backs, everything that went into making that offense run on Sunday and get that 35 28 win over the Oakland Raiders. I think that offensive output deserves an entire podcast almost to itself. I don't know if I could promise 100%, but I'm going to get as close to that as possible because it blew my mind how effective that offense was, especially in the second half. I can remember during the game getting on Twitter, and if you're not following me on Twitter, please do so. My name is at Knox Bardeen, K-N-O-X-B-A-R-D. E-E-N, not only am I very active on, on Twitter throughout the week, very interactive with, with fans, but um, I also do a whole lot of in-game stuff as well, too. And I remember saying after the Falcons had failed for the second time in that first half in the red zone, thinking, man, this, is, this has got to be a worse nightmare situation for Kyle Shanahan because all last week it was nothing but what's going on in the red zone. All offseason, heck, what's going on in the red zone? And, it, and nothing looked good there in week one against Tampa Bay. And in the first half of that game, nothing looked good either. So for whatever adjustments he made at halftime, whether it was stuff they could implement during the game or if it was just play calling stuff in his head while he was watching the game from up top, man, was it a, a completely different second half. The Falcons finished the game 50% in the red zone. They'd like to be a, a, a little tick up from that. But they were 3 for 4 in the red zone in the second half. That's pretty impressive after the start that that team had. So kudos to Kyle Shanahan for that. And I tell you what, if you were on the side of the fence that was calling for Kyle Shanahan's head, if you were on the side of the fence that was beating up on him for the ineffective play down there in the red zone, or even the play call in itself, you you owe the man an, an apology today because he turned things around and Outside of maybe a third down call here or there, and I'm not going to break down the entire 63 or so plays they had on offense. Outside of a few play calls, he was brilliant when it came to to putting players where they need to be and calling plays. So kudos to Kyle Shanahan. I also want to throw out a couple of, before I get into the, the nuts and bolts of this podcast, I want to circle some of the numbers that really stood out to me. They were 50% on third down, 5 for 10. (laughs) 5 
528 total yards. That's incredible. They averaged 4.8 yards per rush. I mean, these are big-time numbers. I told you already they were 3-4 in the second half in the end zone. Let me give you what I think probably is the best number, though. Their average gain per offensive play, 8.3 yards. The best in the league last year was something like low sixes, 6-3, six, 6-4. Six, I'll, I'll look that up and post it on Twitter later on today. 8.3 average gain per offensive play. That is insane, people. If the Falcons' offense could gain a little over eight yards a play from here on out, they will win a lot, a lot of football games. So there's a lot to be excited about, and I'm going to definitely help keep that excitement running for the rest of this podcast. First and foremost, and I'm going to start this in about 60 seconds or so, is I'm going to talk about Matt Ryan. What a day he had. And on a day that could have gone incredibly bad, and I'll explain that in just a second, he turned it around and, and made he made lemonade out of what could have been a whopping big lemon. So I'll get into to Matt Ryan's day yesterday. I'm also going to get into one of the big questions we had last week. Where's the no huddle? Where's the no huddle? I did a, a whole podcast on it last week and told you that it's probably not going to increase too much because of the history of Matt Ryan the no huddle since 2008. But boy, was I wrong. They they answered the question where the no huddle was, and I will give you some shocking and, and very fun numbers with that a little bit later on in the podcast as well. So that's what we're going to have going on today, a, a very big offensive podcast for the Falcons, a, a winning Monday podcast for your Atlanta Falcons. They're now one and one. They have an extra day to prepare to go down to New Orleans to play Monday night football down there. And since this is going to be a week leading up to that, Saints rivalry, I'm going to tell you to go over to Locked on Saints. Nick Underhill does that podcast for us over there, does a good job of, of covering the Saints for the Advocate, also does a fantastic Locked on Saints podcast. And this is a big week when it comes to rivalries. I've, I've said w- when these teams are good, this is one of the better rivalries that most people in the country aren't talking about, even when one or both of them aren't so good. It's still a fun rivalry to watch. A little fun trivia for you. I don't know if you are aware, but this rivalry way back in the day was actually called the Dixie Classic. New Orleans versus Atlanta was called back then the Dixie Classic. And, and now, you know, there's some cute names for a lot of the rivalries, the, the Carolina rivalries, the I-85 rivalry. The NFL put them in, in this division specifically to bolster that one. But there's a lot of hate between the Saints and the Falcons. Nick Underhill will tell you all about that on Locked on Saints. And also... I got my first fantasy football win in week two. Vinny Iyer, thanks so much for that. I, I listen to him on a daily basis, Locked On Fantasy Football. If, if you're going to have a, a podcast network that does NFL, you got to do fantasy football, and Vinny Iyer has you covered there. I, I couldn't pull a win out my first week, but he got me there in week two. So give Nick with the Saints, with Locked On Saints, give Vinny a listen with Locked On Fantasy Football. They will treat you. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. By singing dog. By goal. I pronounce you. By wedding ceremony. 
Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Right. Let's get back into this Falcons team, though, because I can't say enough about how this offense functions. I was on the air last night after Sunday Night Football. I'm, I'm show host for 92.9 The Game here in Atlanta, the Falcons flagship station. And one of the first things I talked about, what I opened my show with, was Matt Ryan. And, and I kind of had the idea that I could probably just turn on the microphone and say, Matt Ryan, elite or, or a bust, give me a call. And I probably could have killed an hour doing that. That's, that's not terribly good radio. But that's the kind of polarizing figure Matt Ryan is in Atlanta. And after last year when he threw all those interceptions and throughout the offseason when he was working and still throwing picks, everyone was wondering, gosh, this Matt Ryan guy, we used to love him, but now he's starting to make mistakes more frequently. And boy, when he makes mistakes, he throws those interceptions in the end zone, in the red zone. When the team's driving, they're, they're brutal when they happen. He went without an interception in week one and was doing pretty good through the first two and a half quarters led the Falcons on a good drive down into the red zone, and uh uh-oh, tosses an interception in the end zone, and it was definitely all on Matt Ryan. He was targeting Jacob Tammy. The throw was behind Tammy. It's not like Tammy got knocked off his route or anything weird happened. It was just a bad throw. That interception in the red zone was all on Matt Ryan. At that point, he could have let all the talk get into his head. And you hear all the time that quarterbacks need to be able to forget the last series, forget the last interception. It's got to be tough to do. I mean, you're talking about the face of the franchise here in Atlanta, beloved figure. But when he threw that interception, had he been walking down Peachtree Street here in Atlanta with his jersey on, carrying his helmet, asking for a ride, even if he had a pizza in his hand to give you, I don't know that anyone would have picked him up. He was persona non grata in Atlanta right after he threw that interception in the end zone. I can't imagine what running over to the sideline, sitting down, and and waiting to get back on the field was like for him. But I tell you what he did. He somehow fixed everything in his football game sitting on that bench right there. Whether or not he talked to Shanahan and they figured it out together, whether he just kind of sat down and and quietly to himself said, come on, Matt, I got to get back in there and, and... be Matty Ice. When he got out there, he was Matty Ice 2.0. He went 12 for 12 for 196 yards and a touchdown pass after that interception. That was the last drive of the third quarter and the entire fourth quarter. He went out there and did everything perfectly. Huddle, no huddle. Short pass, long pass. Red zone, end zone, whatever it was, Matt Ryan did it, and he did it with flair, and he did it in amazing style. I mean, this has always been a guy who has been able to come back in the fourth quarter and overtime. He has some great numbers doing that. And I'm sure he's had 12 completions in a row throughout his career, a couple of times probably. But I would venture to say that he's never had 12 completions in a row with that much scrutiny laser-focused on him. I mean, the entire city of Atlanta was shining a light on him after that interception. And I'm sure the word bum was out there. I'm sure Tradem was out there. I'm sure Benjamin Fershaw was out there. He went out there and erased, in 
that 15-minute fourth quarter and a few minutes of the third quarter, he went out there and erased all of that. So that 12-for-12 performance after the interception was one of the most impressive things I've seen in a long, long time. And even outside of the play after the interception, he, Matt Ryan, he went into a very hostile Oakland Alameda Coliseum, was down 7-3 in the second, was down 14-13 in the third. He threw behind a number of receivers. I, I sent a tweet out during the game. I was like, sure, Matt Ryan's not throwing interceptions, but he's throwing behind a heck of a lot of receivers. He did it in Tampa. He's doing it again against Oakland. It was starting to become a trend, and he threw behind Tammy for that, that end zone pick. He had a number of things going against him in that game, but the light switch turned on. The epiphany happened, and he put that team on his back and took it to the win. And I, I'm not trying to take anything away from the rest of the team. The offensive line was, was pretty stellar yesterday outside of a, a, a slow start. The running backs were fantastic. He hit nine different receivers, so, you know, they were all doing well, too. But this is about Matt Ryan right now, and I think he earned every penny of his $103 million contract with a game like that yesterday. And let's just take a look at where he sits right now. In, in, and I know it's a small sample size. You only threw week two. But with 730 passing yards, he's second in the NFL behind Andy Dalton. He's number one in the NFL at 10 yards per attempt. That's pretty rock solid, too. He's second in the NFL with a 72.6 completion rate. Eli Manning's number one at 73.9. He has the best quarterback rating at 121.4. And with five touchdowns, he's tied for second place in the NFL, only behind Ben Roethlisberger, who has six. Matt Ryan is giving you everything he can at quarterback, and it's showing on a stat sheet. It showed yesterday in the win-loss column. And if you can't get behind his 12-for-12 performance after that interception and just talk about the intestinal fortitude that man showed by getting up off the bench and saying, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to throw a pick anymore. I'm not going to miss. He didn't miss anymore after that interception. I, I can't say enough about how impressed I was with Matt Ryan, his 396 yards yesterday, 76.5% completion rate, three touchdowns. I can't tell you how impressive that performance was. And if you don't quite get it, I, I implore you to go back and watch again. Most people, at least today, are, are well on the Matt Ryan bandwagon and, and talking about how, how good of a performance that was. But there's still some of you out there that, that just can't get past the, the, the Matt Ryan hate. Listen to this podcast. Go watch that game again. Watch what he did for this Falcons team. You'll be supremely impressed. One of the other things you'll be impressed about is when you look at what this Falcons did in the no huddle. It was every single day that us folks in the media were asking Dan Quinn, Kyle Shanahan, any offensive player we could find, why don't you guys run the no huddle? Matt Ryan is great in the no huddle. Why aren't you guys doing it? You only did it two plays out of 61 against Tampa Bay. That's 3% of the time. Where's the no huddle? And everyone just kept telling us, hey, you can't run it all the time, which I completely agree with. Kyle Shanahan said, you know, he looks at it from up top and kind of picks and chooses where he's going to do it with the kind of defensive personnel that's in there. And I completely understand that too. But why not call it 15 times instead of two times? That was the question. Nobody wanted to answer it. They answered it by what they did on the field 
out in Oakland. He dialed, Kyle Shanahan dialed up 26 plays out of the no huddle. 26. Now, there were two penalties that negated plays there, so just so the numbers work out perfectly, 24 plays were ran from the no huddle, and the offense ran 63. So that means 38.1% of the Falcons' offense on Sunday was ran out of the no huddle. I'm even going to break it down by quarter for you. In the first quarter, they ran eight no huddle plays, five run, three pass. Second quarter, six plays, two run, four pass. Third quarter, six plays, two run, four pass. Fourth quarter, four plays, one run, three pass. So that's a total of 24 plays. And this will amaze you because most people think no huddle, pass, pass, pass. Of those 24 plays, 10 runs, 14 passes. And now listen to this, 267 yards and two touchdowns out of the no huddle. Julio Jones' touchdown catch was out of the no huddle. Jacob Tammy's was as well. And it was far more effective in the second half than the first half. They had 84 yards in the first half. They had 121 in the third quarter alone, 62 in the in the fourth quarter. I told you, I'm getting geeky with these no huddle stats. I, I pulled them out and counted one by one. This might be the most impressive number out of them all, though. I told you that 38.1% of the Falcons' offensive plays were ran from the no huddle offense. However, of their 528 total yards, 267 yards came from it. That means 50.6% of the Falcons' offense came from no huddle. So when you run it 38% of the time, but you gain 50% of the yardage, you know you're doing something really good in the no huddle offense. I, I actually, let me, let me grab this sheet here for you. I, I broke it down a, a little further. Nine different players were involved in the no huddle. Touched the ball at some point in time with, with a no huddle result. Ryan got sacked once in the no huddle. So that was him. Freeman touched it the most. Devontae Freeman seven times. Tevin Coleman three times. Jacob Tammy three times. Austin Hooper. Boy, did Austin Hooper have a coming out party. The rookie tight end with two phenomenally good catches. But he sprung Tevin Coleman loose on a play too. That was one of the better blocks you'll see a rookie tight end make. He had three catches and a no huddle. Levine Toilolo. So that's three tight ends there that were involved in the no huddle. Levine Toilolo had two plays. Mohamed Sanu, one. Julio Jones, three. And Taylor Gabriel had one play out of the no huddle. And if you don't believe that Taylor Gabriel is going to be a part of this offense, now that he's, he's got it up to speed in it, I mean, he was a Kyle Shanahan guy from Cleveland, knows, knows how to do things. He's going to be a pretty big part of this offense moving forward. Let me give you... A couple of other results, at least two other from this no-huddle offense before I, I sign off and get up to practice. Of the Falcons' top 10 plays, their top 10 yardage gainers from Sunday, six came from the no-huddle offense. But even better, four of the top five plays that gained the most yards for the Falcons were no-huddle plays. The no-huddle works for this team. The no-huddle works for Matt Ryan. And now you're going to see it anywhere from 0% of the time to almost 40% of the time. The Falcons can dial that up whenever they want, and boy, does it work. All right, so I'm about to head up to Flower Branch. Dan Quinn has a press conference at 2.30 today. I'll let you all hear some of the things we asked, some of the things he says. It was a win. That means they're not going to open up the locker room for us. They're going to give the players the, the day off from the media. They won't be on the practice field until Wednesday. But I'll be up there every day they allow which means our, our Locked on Falcons podcast every day this week will have something new. I'm going to get tomorrow into it. This was, like I said, this was an offensive 
Falcons podcast here on Monday. Tuesday is probably going to look a little more at the defense, and it won't quite be so sunshine and puppy dogs because there were some defensive problems on the field Sunday. Those are going to get asked to Dan Quinn. I'm sure I'll bring up a couple myself here on the podcast. So enjoy this win. Enjoy this podcast because, like I said, it's a lot of sunshine and puppy dogs. But tomorrow I'll start breaking down what I saw on the defensive side of the football and there are still some problems to work out there. So uh, thanks for listening. Please head over to iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. Leave me a rating and tell your friends about it. We had a fantastic week last week when it came to the number of listeners that downloaded and listened to this podcast. I appreciate that. I want it to get bigger. I want to talk to a, a bigger audience so we can interact more, talk about this Falcons team. All right, that's it for Monday. I'm going to head up to Flower Branch to talk to Dan Quinn. I will talk to everyone tomorrow on Locked on Falcons episode 21. Take care. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.